Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. One of the things that we follow quite closely, or certainly I do, is the way in which the press and public, various publications are maybe uh, influencing our view of global events. And there was one particular one that caught our eye, and it was a headline, in fact, from Israel. And uh, it was in, the, in, in Haaretz, where it spoke about the headline that was used is, we are no better than Hamas. Very provocative headline, and I don't want to go into necessarily the content of it, but the content didn't particularly match the editorial, which which was a which was a view. As a columnist, I know that I don't have the privilege of writing my own headlines, and some of the publications that I write for, I stand in awe, and I think, wow, this is fun, it's cool, it's clever. There's a great play on words. While other times, I look at a headline and think. Did I even write an article that relates to this headline? And I just wonder how it influences how much we read, if we read, how it's consumed. So we wanted to uh, get, uh, get an expert on Anton Harbour. He's the executive director of the Campaign for Free Expression. A very good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Good morning. Uh, um, I'm doing well this morning, and I hope you, are, you and your listeners are too. Absolutely great. Thank you. So it's, it's how did this come about, firstly, that the columnist or, or, or the journalist, I, I don't know if it's the same with a, a journalist uh, article, but certainly as I know from my own experience as a columnist, we don't get to choose our own headlines. Um, so yes, headlines are done by sub-editors or copy editors. Um, they're called different things in different places. Um, they're done often under pressure of time and space. So they, they, they are fewer words and their intention is to grab your attention. Um, one has to see that, that the purpose of a headline is to encourage you to read the article and get a quick sense mm. of what the article is about. But that often means it lacks the subtlety, the nuance, that may be in an article that has more space and more words to convey those things. And this looks like one of those cases. Mm. Uh, but let me say that um, some editors write headlines and they're well trained to do so uh, in general. Um, and in a perfect world, um, those headlines would be run past the author of the work, but often there isn't time um, to do that, and, uh, and particularly in these days when you're rushing to get it online as quickly as possible. Mm, mm. Do we know, do we have a sense of, uh, in today's Twitter age or X age, whatever we want to call it, th- how many people are actually reading the articles or just getting a sense from the headline and then um, commenting uh, from then onwards? Yeah, look, it's not its not a, 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 an aspect of the Twitter age. It's always been an issue that people tend to look at all the headlines and only read articles selectively. So if the headline is, is, is successful and it's something you want to read, you, you, you may read some or all of the article and you may or may not get the greater sense and the greater nuance in the full article. Uh, so yes, headlines have an undue influence. Um, because often it may be the only thing that people see. Uh, 
Hmm. This was, the, the example you're giving was a provocative headline, clearly designed to attract attention. It was put in quotes to indicate it was just a point of view, mm-hmm. but it did mean, it, you know, it did crudify the import of the article as a whole, which was much more nuanced. Which is a problem, actually, and and in some ways, and I don't know if, whether the the person, the the author of the article, was involved in it or not. But in some ways, it does cheapen the article because it reduces it, as you say, saying, to a very non-nuanced, un-nuanced view, which is, you know, Israel's no better than Hamas. There's a statement, uh, whereas uh, you know there might be there might be certain things that I agree with or disagree with very strongly in the article, but I would imagine that there's a value in actually reading it and and engaging it. Uh, the headline in this case, I would imagine, might might do the very opposite. Um, y- y- uh, y- yes, you're right. Um, you know, when when would. One wishes that um, all readers were media literate and that they understood the limitations of a headline Mm. and understood not to take the headline on its own as a reflection of the truth that would read, for example, the fact that it was put in quotation marks as an indication that it is just one point of view, Mm. Mm. that understand that it's there to just attract your attention mainly and tell you what the story is about. but um, that's often not the case, and people are not all that media literate, and, and we grapple these days with the fact that um, one really needs to consume our, our media safely and properly. One needs quite a, an increasing degree of media literacy, that's understanding how the media works, uh, particularly the news media. Um, but uh, I don't think we, we teach and, and, and educate our children and others enough on media literacy. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. The other concern that, that I've had lately, and I'd love your thoughts on it, you're, I know you're very involved with educating young journalists, is I'm concerned that in many of the publications, and it might be because of the speed at which news has to be conveyed, but I often read an article thinking, well, if I wanted a press release from this government department or from Turco, well, then I would read it. What is the job of the journalist here? Why are they not interrogating anything or considering the the fact that maybe this particular minister is not telling us the whole picture or the, tr- or the truth? Uh, I find there's less and less the sense of interrogation and rather it just seems to be a parroting of statements made. Now, it might be that I'm very sensitive to certain subjects, but and it might have been happening all the time. But it is something that I've noticed more and more with increasing frustration, that there just doesn't seem to be a questioning of, of what we are being told. Your thoughts? Well, that's a very interesting point you raise. You know, um, the news media has a dual function. One is just to tell you what's happening in the world. Um, So if government issues an important statement to convey that to you, um, or if the public says something important or a member of the public says something important, to convey that to the powers that be. Um, But it's not not pure stenography, just to say, here it Mm, is, mm. flat out. 
Um, the role of a journalist is to contextualize, to explain, um, to, to question, and as you say, to interrogate. And you're quite right that we see too much stenography just repeating a bit of news and a, and, mm. and a statement mm. without that contextualization and analysis that helps people to understand it. So our job as journalists is not just to con convey information, but to help people understand its importance and uh, how it fits into the world. So I'll give you an example, and I just wonder if, again, I, it's possible that I am biased in this way, and that's what I always try to question, not always successfully. But there was a report that Naledi Pandor stood up and said it was a week after the International Court of Justice's ruling, and Israel has not complied with the demand of the ICJ and that was repeated in uh, I checked three or four different publications. Not one of them mentioned the fact that Hamas had been ordered or called, maybe not ordered because they're not part of the, uh, the a signatory to the ICJ, but had been called on to immediately release the hostages. Hostages were not mentioned in any one of the four publications that I checked. Now, Naledi Pandor also has a, a bias, much like I do, I would imagine, uh, just a different bias. Uh, so she it doesn't serve her own purpose by mentioning hostages. Surely it would be up to the press to say somewhere in that article uh, to give the full context because readers who aren't as familiar as perhaps I am with the, the that case are left without I think a critical piece of information yes in in an ideal world um, the journalist has the space and the time to make the story complete in other mm -hmm. words to give the full context um, to give the full statement to 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 provide that kind of perspective you're talking about mm. um, limitations of space and time often intrude on that but but yes the best journalism the best reporting is complete in that sense in that it will give you all the facts you need to do to assess that statement and see it in its full context. A very interesting conversation indeed. We do need to leave it there. Anton Harbour, Executive Director of the Campaign for Free Expression, giving us his thoughts, background and perspective around some of the issues that we've been speaking about in terms of the press, in terms of news headlines and a style of reporting.